Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Welcome to the Your Truth is Calling podcast. This is your host, Nadira Razak. If I'm a little quiet today, it's because it's 11.56 p.m. It's almost midnight. <laughs> and I had made a promise to myself that I was going to be done recording a podcast episode um, to be able to be shared on Monday. And this particular Monday, tomorrow, in a couple of minutes, in a couple of hours, I will be in the city at Victoria University. I am starting a new role part-time, so I'll still continue to do my coaching, um, but I wanted to share how things shift and change, and I always talk about transitions. I talk about, you know, having new adventures and really listening to those whispers of your soul, that quiet voice. Um, that's sort of telling you which direction to go in and how to pay attention to signs and um, what your heart is most needing. So I'm going to deep dive a little bit into all of those things today. And I also wanted this episode to be a little bit about probably seeing things through my eyes. I feel like I go through life as a witness. And part of my job is being able to share with you through words through my voice in different ways, how I see the world. So you can get a taste of, you know, how we're all created differently, but how you can bring your own particular flavor of beauty and grace into the world and share that because you're not going to have the same perspective as me. And I don't want you to, right? I want to appreciate who you are and see the world, how you see it. So when you share it with me, I get to know what it's like to go in your vehicle as a soul in your body with your particular eyes, with your particular perspective, right? So I wanted to share today um, just a little bit about my evening and why I'm here so late, <laughs> not recording at my usual time, which during the school holidays has been around like 5 p.m. when I get into the groove to want to record. Uh, but this particular weekend, my brain was spent. I didn't... Um, feel like I had anything in me to record any earlier and yesterday I just spent time um, at my mum's house uh, with my two boys because my middle child went with my husband into the city for their one-to-one -one father and son date and he loved that so I had the other two and uh, my littlest wanted to watch Willy Wonka so I just spent two hours watching Willy Wonka and I felt like my soul really needed that normally if on average I'll probably watch like one or maybe two movies in the year and usually it has to be during summer and I'm thinking oh my goodness the summer holidays are over almost I have one more week of summer holidays and then we'll be all back to school with the kids and I'm like I haven't even watched a movie this summer what's happened <laughs> I feel like the kids hog the tv to just watch like either YouTube on the TV or they'll be watching a cartoon or something. And I never get to watch TV. I just don't watch TV. Um, you know, if I am watching anything, it'll be YouTube on my phone. And I'm usually searching for something specific that I want to watch. Um, so it's not like I have a show that I watch in particular or anything like that. So anyway, that was my weekend. And then today, Sunday, I really wanted to go support my cousin's wife. She had a stall at the PGCC uh, fair, like a community fair. And I don't think I've actually been to one this big. And so for me, the wonder and amazement started when I had just turned around the corner and I'm like, oh my God, 
there's so many cars down the street. What what has happened? Because I'd never seen PGCC in Dempton so packed before. And I tried to get into a car spot when this lady was just leaving and trying to put park assist on. And I'm like, I can't remember how this park assist works. So I when in doubt, Nadara always just drives straight, which is not always a good thing because sometimes I do need to do, take U-turns and I just go straight <laughs> for like another kilometer before I go. Actually, I think it's time for me to get onto the side of the road, figure out where I'm going and then do a U-turn or whatever it is. Anyway, that's an aside. Uh, but we parked quite a distance away, walked in. And I think it's something about the Muslim Ummah, right? It's when you see so many of them and they're from different backgrounds uh, and communities, but they're all seen as one. And it, because it was on one side in the car park, uh, there were all the clothing stalls and things like that for women, children, um, all kinds of things and then on the other side there was like a bouncy castle face painting and then all the food stalls um, but there was just a lot of foot traffic which made it really beautiful in terms of the energy there was a pizzazz there was a buzz and um, so we went to see my uh, cousin and his wife at, and you know their stall and then after that I went around some clothing stalls and it was beautiful to see other women you know in business like just uh, even the story of of jade a colleague of mine who literally didn't know if she was going to get a stall or not until like 2 30 that afternoon but she was prepared you know and so when opportunity struck and the face painting people said hey we don't want this stall we want to move near the bouncy castle she got an opportunity like it opened up and she took it right so it was just delightful to just hear those stories seeing the wonder in people's faces um even in the kids like you know there's all these bubble machines and I want this and I want that you know like the constant uh surprise and delight every like sort of corner that you turn and so when it comes to any of this, right, it's your energy. So when you're going in there with an intention to either support someone or just you know, give the kids a good time, it's your energy, right, that makes everything count. Um, that's what people remember. And I just, yeah, it's something about business and people putting themselves out there, taking risks, not knowing if something is going to pay off or not. I feel that that is the highest form of tawakkul, right? Trust in Allah. And I feel like business and doing trade in that way, like giving something a go, um, it's just the most beautiful thing. I'm not sure what it is. Like I always try sometimes to get away from business and maybe not teach business coaching anymore or any of that. And I feel like life keeps pulling me back into it. <laughs> I go, oh, no, no, I don't do business coaching anymore. I do, um, you know, helping women with career transitions and um, other more emotional issues. And somehow if I even just mentioned that I was a business coach for seven years or something, someone will just always ask for that service. <laughs> so I'm guessing I'm just going to own that. And um, even in this part-time role that I'm you know, transitioning into for about two days of my week, what they want from me is my business skill, is the creativity, right? And the communication skills and the people skills. So I can never really get away from it. And I don't want to anymore. I just feel like when you learn how to really take something to market, put something 
that you feel has value, you believe in it, and you learn how to do this dance of either, you know, whether if it's a product business, obviously you learn how to create something really beautiful, uh, you know, there's, there's a market for it, and you go out there, you put your heart out, and you put this product out in front of people, and you offer it, right? So there's different forms of trading. So you just literally go and offer it, and people have to take it. Um, An offering is like literally putting out your hand with an open heart and saying, please take. And then the person chooses whether or not they want to take from you, right? So those two states go together, offering and taking. Um, And in other spaces in life, there is giving and receiving. And giving and receiving, at least receiving is passive. And giving also is a form of like, literally like a mama bird putting some baby food into the baby bird's mouth. The baby bird just opens their mouth and the mother bird just plonks it in there, right? So it's a very passive state that the baby bird is in. And um, so in life, sometimes you just have to learn how to just receive, right? There's nothing to do. You just need to be in a state of receiving and allow the giver or the gifter to just gift to you, to just give. And in other times in life, we need to be able to discern what's actually needed in this particular situation. So usually we might be very comfortable using one mode of this sort of system in terms of taking, we might be really good at taking food when it's offered, right? So someone comes around with a plate of food and they say, here, take, here's a pan roll for you. Would you like some? And you're like, yes, please. And you take, right? Because it's offered. But if someone actually gives it to you, they're literally putting it in your hand um, and you just have no choice but to just receive it, right? So some of us are uncomfortable in certain states and more comfortable in other states. You kind of need to be able to maneuver between the two to look at a situation and go, what's needed here? Am I called in this situation to just give or am I called in this situation to offer and allow that person to step up to the plate and take? Okay, so um, if you have any questions around this process, um, you can always DM me. I find it really interesting because when it comes to things like abundance um, and money and wealth and uh, creating opportunity for yourself, usually, um, you know, you need to be able to put something out there and offer something of service to the world, right? And people need to be able to know how to come take from you. And a taking means like paying some money for it, having an exchange of some sort and taking it from you. And So sometimes we're in a very passive state and that's actually not what's required. God's like asking you, come on, step up to the plate, do something in this situation. And that's where you need to have that sense of discernment of like, what is life asking me of this moment, right? So last year in 2023 and a couple of years before that, maybe even like two years before that, I started to have this itch inside. Like I had been by then working for myself solo for 10 years And I started to feel like, you know, after COVID and everything, I really wanted to like get out of the house and be of service outside the home because all of my client calls 
most everything happens online or on the phone. And I mean, I used to way before COVID, I used to have retreats and um, in-person events and things like that. And then after I had like baby number two and three, things got more complex. And then obviously by the time I had uh, my youngest and he turned it was two years old, then that's when COVID happened. So, you know, everybody's been in flux and transition. And to me, it wasn't the time um, to even be thinking of putting my energy outside the home. But after a certain point, it was like, okay, that is what I want to do. So um, I remember going, you know, where do I like hanging out? And to me, it's my local library. If I'm not at home, then um, what I really love to do is actually go to the library and work because to me, being with the rest of humanity, different kinds of people, hearing the cafe noises in the background, um, seeing kids come in with their parents with strollers and prams, all of that just really, really lights me up. And so when there was this um, job opportunity that came out to say, hey, did you want to work as a casual um, at the library? I actually didn't want to put my hand up for that. So what did I do? I took out a CV that I hadn't touched in like 10 years. And I had to think about every single thing that I had done in like 10 years and try and make a coherent story in the resume about why I would make a really great library person. And now I hadn't got any sort of library training or anything like that, but I had a lot of customer service experience and obviously, you know, overqualified basically, but I just wanted to be out and about with people. And because the library is like literally a five minute walk away, I thought, great, I can do that. Cause I didn't want to like work at a cafe or anything. I'm not, I had done hospitality. Uh, it was my first job in Australia. I worked at the pancake parlor while I was going to uni, but it just, that environment just wasn't for me. Um, but the library, you know, like helping people um, with their questions and uh, just being a friendly face. I just actually liked the building and the vibe. Um, and then I think there were like 30 people in this group interview and I had the most terrible cough. And you know how when it's COVID and you're really like trying to stifle your cough because you're scared that other people will think like you're really, really sick. And I had a bit of a tickle in my throat. I remember the group interview, I had to excuse myself and go to the bathroom just so I could cough. And I came back and anyway, nothing eventuated with that and I remember bumping into this library lady and she's like oh hun like the two people or three people who got the job actually had like library qualifications so there was a lot of people who were turned back and I was like oh cool like it wasn't meant for me um and it was just something I wanted to do just to get out of the house and have something different right so you always have to ask yourself like what is it seeking for me it was just community I just wanted to mingle with my local community and because that role didn't come through, it was so funny because then I started to notice things on the library site where all of these rainbow reads were being um, advertised, like right on the front page and the homepage of the website. And I thought, you know what, that sort of thing would never have sat right with my conscience uh, because of, um, yeah, Islamically, I, I wouldn't have felt right Um putting those books on the shelves and things like that. So I think it was like God protecting me from that, you know, and going, nope, sorry, this is not for you. So when that lapsed, I was like, okay, what else can I do to be with community? And that's when um, an opportunity came up at my local uh, community organization. 
uh, called Benevolence Australia. They were looking for volunteers uh, for the year. So it was 2023, probably around March or so. And I put my hand up to be in the, that cohort of volunteers. And that 2023 was like a year of volunteering for me. I felt like I you know, volunteered at really crucial events that I really, really loved. There was a Seattle poet that came out called Baraka Blue. I volunteered for that night. I volunteered um, when Dr. Rothman, I think he was from Cambridge, Cambridge Muslim College. He came through to Melbourne. Um, I was behind the camera, like looking at the, the Zoom controls for the people who were joining us online. Um, and what else was there? Oh, yeah, the, the Good Beginnings graduation. Now, Good Beginnings is a pre-marriage course uh, for Muslim couples. And you can also do it five, five to six years into marriage as well. Um, and we train marriage mentors and things like that. And I was there at the graduation and I just loved the team um, who were behind the whole graduation ceremony because Victoria University, literally um, the Cohen Center, which is their legal um, department, came up with this course in conjunction with, you know, a lot of liaising with the Muslim community to come up with a pre-marriage course that really took on the prophetic model. So there was best practice in terms of, you know, how um, pre-marriage counseling works in, you know, in a secular field, but then also bringing the prophetic model with that. So they were training counselors, life coaches, anyone in that helping sort of profession, um, to be trained as marriage mentors. And if you're a marriage celebrant or an imam, all of these types of people um, were trained because, you know, usually in our communities, uh, people know that they want to get married, um, but there isn't a lot of training or a lot of thought as to compatibility or, you know, how are we going to solve things if there's conflict and things like that. Whereas here with this course, all of those things are looked at upfront and um, the couples are given skills as to how to navigate that. So anyway, I was just there helping at graduation. I knew in my heart, I was like, I really feel drawn to these people. And I probably just made a prayer in my heart. And I even caught up with coffee um, for coffee, um, like virtual coffee on Zoom um, with one of the ladies that belonged to the Cohen Center. And I really loved that conversation. And I got to know how that center operated. And now... This is like not knowing anything other than, dear God, if there is an opportunity to work with a really great team of people, I would love that. So it was witnessing something outside of myself going, I would really love that. I love the cohesiveness that this team represents and that I'm witnessing, right? So for me, how I know I actually like something, I want something is usually by actually seeing it out um, in the 3D for me. So I got a vibe. I got a palpable sensation of this is what it feels like to have that. Um, I could see it, you know, literally working in front of me. So for my heart to go, I would like that. I would really love that. So I want you to pay attention to how do you know you actually want something? Like, how does life speak to you? Is it outside of yourself? Is it a feeling? Um, is it when you're scrolling on a Pinterest image and going, I would really love to visit there? Or did someone tell you a story and you have felt this full body sensation of wanting to go there? How does life speak to you about possibly the direction that 
it wants to take you in. So for me, that was like, I didn't even realize I was making a dua in my heart for that. And then I remember um, meeting with the faith director there, Sister Sara Sabag, and um, she mentioned to me, you know, we could really use your business skills. And again, it was the business skills that people really would latch onto in a conversation. Um, but I could never really see where I could fit or how I could fit. But anyway, I put my hand up. There was a, a job advertised on the Benevolence Instagram account. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my name forward. Um, and I did. I did not get that role, but I was offered a different one. And that different one was to work with the Good Beginnings Project. And that's how it happened. It felt like the most effortless thing that came into my life um, that I could not believe how much of a fit my skills are um, in terms of taking this project where it needs to go. And it literally is like looking at it as, okay, how do we get this thing out to the masses? How do we get this thing to all Muslim couples? How do we get all Muslim couples to know that we have pre-marriage counseling in an Islamic context, right? So it was so super interesting to look at the project, look at all the work that has gone in over four years of behind the scenes, all the research, all the testing and the piloting of the program. And now we have like a team of mentors trained up and they're ready for clients and they're already working with clients and we just want to make it better, right? And so it's a it's a way for a community organization to grow and to get known for being, you know, um, the parent body that looks after this program and owns the program. And it's just so beautiful to see how much sometimes time things take to do things beautifully, to do things elegantly, um, to do things with Ihsan. And they think these things can't be rushed, right? But when the timing is right, it's like, okay, you guys own the program now, run with it, right? And then you have to get the right team of people on board. So all of it, I had just have so much gratitude in my heart for how things are panning out and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's best for you. And you have to have the patience to just know um, that he knows what you need, but also to have that level of vulnerability in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, I really love these people. I love this organization. I love this uh, particular thing that I'm seeing. And I, I don't know how, but I would really love you to facilitate it for me, you know, and just allowing Allah to take it from you. But also when the opportunity presents itself and you really get this heartfelt knowing that you want to go for it uh, to then just do the aligned action. Now I had to write a cover letter. I had to do my CV um, and get it ready. I had to, yeah, show up for the interview. <laughs> or this would not have happened and also because of just the service right you go up and show up and do things not because you want something but because it's what your heart wants to do and then I didn't even realize that because I had volunteered um, that particular year in different capacities people could witness me in that right so it's not like I was a complete stranger um, they could go, okay, we trust her. <laughs> um, and then you have your credibility and all the other experience to back it up. But I just wanted to leave you with that to go, where are you overcomplicating this? I think we all overcomplicate things when we come from our heads and try to do things with our minds. And I just feel like there's just so much available to us 
when we can relax into our bodies and allow our bodies to lead for our bodies to give us clues as to what's next. So I just want you to breathe that in. And what if 2024 was about knowing how to be relaxed in your body so you can actually hear and pay attention to the clues that are being left for you, whether it's in people's voices, whether it's in things that you see that you suddenly have um, uh, like a gut response to or a heart opening to and see where that leads and just take a little bit of action to get in line with uh, that path and that direction, inshallah. I would love to hear how this episode touched you. And um, I cannot wait to share more of the journey of how I'm transitioning, doing both um, working part-time for an organization and doing my own thing. I recognized how much like my brain space had changed um, in the week prior because it's like, wow, this is so exciting. And um, I can tend to be obsessive when I get into something new that I love. Like all I want to do is just sit with the materials and just consume it and like be it and do it. <laughs> and then you realize, okay, you've still got children on school holidays. You still got, you know, uh, dishes that need to be cleaned <laughs> and you kind of have to also then stop, breathe and put your attention on the mundane um, because it's not just going to get done because we don't have like a fairy godmother, right? <laughs> to just snap her fingers and I get the house clean or the dishes done. So <laughs> it's all, um, yeah, it's just recognizing uh, your capacity and the space that you have to tend to everything and to also give yourself grace when you know you're in transition and um, those things are to be expected. I wish you well. I hope that, you know, even in me sharing the PGCC community fair, um, I don't know if I met you there or you're a listener of the podcast, but um, whether you were there or not, um, I I just wanted to let you know that there's hope, that things are going to get better and you are going to get better at whatever you are doing and things will open up. And I always, um, there's a surah in the Quran, Surah Fat, uh, which is something that's uh, to be read when you want an opening. So that is something that you can turn to as well. Um, I will catch you next time on the Your Truth is Calling podcast. This is your host, Nadira Razak, signing off. Asalaamu Alaikum, everybody.